Hey guys, Dan Barber here. I'm super excited to be speaking in a moment to Barry Randall from the Garden Design Company, a phenomenal business and some very, very cool stories to share. So with all that said, let's get straight into the interview. Barry, welcome. And thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate, appreciate you being here and then, uh, the big up, if you like, at the start. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I hope, I hope, I hope. I hope it's not really a strategy. I guess we're talking strategies today, but let's let's uh, make sure that the guests get a lot from. Well, from listen, uh, there's so many cool stories that you've got to uh, uh, tell, but one that I think uh, people might be aware of, the headline at least, even though they don't know how you play into the story, was um, obviously several years ago, tragically, the um, chairman of uh, the City uh, Football Club died in a helicopter um, accident and um, where you kind of come into the story is that you ended up pulling off an unbelievable project in a ridiculously short space of time, which was a, a, a great demonstration of um, entrepreneurial grit, if you will. So, could you tell us a little bit about that story? How does that? Uh, how did that come about? Yeah, it's an uh, uh, interest, interesting one. Just, just for so that I feel uh, good about this. Um, I'm going to promote our services off the back of anybody uh, uh, dying, but um, it's a really interesting story, and it's one that probably never um, almost happened um, just because of the time frame. So if I go right back to the very beginning, I was we were sitting in our office, we were having a design meeting, and Claire our, uh, handles all of our inquiries. She come excitedly running into the design studio, and she says, I've got Leicester City on the phone, um, they want to know if someone can come tomorrow. And I go, just say yes. So it's kind of like the Richard Branson thing. Someone offers you an opportunity to say yes and figure out you're going to do it. Just say yes. She goes, but your diary's booked for tomorrow. So I don't care. Just cancel something. It's Leicester City. Let's go and see them. They wouldn't have rang us if it wasn't important. So she went out. We booked in to see them and, and went and seen them the next day. and realised that it was, they wanted to build a memorial garden for the late um, Chairman Vichai and on the, the area where the helicopter had, um, uh, had landed, uh, crashed. And we looked at the space, it was like, wow. So we knew it was a legacy moment for the business, um, but also looking at the space, you start thinking, how are we gonna actually be able to, to do this? Because we do kind of like smallish gardens at this point. Anyway, um, we kind of got swept up with the, the emotion of going through this thing. It was, it was around the, third week of September and uh, 2019. And we knew that the memorial was at the end of October. So there wasn't a lot of time to get this thing done. So a couple of days later, my my brother and two of our designers were going to London because what they wanted to do is create like a quintessentially English garden on this, this space. But all the architects that they were working with had come up with this commercial idea. And we, they went to the polo farm that the family owned and they we got all the ideas and we got like a little design together and sort of presented it to them. And they loved the idea and the concept and whatever. So 10 days later, the whole thing was designed, um, quantified price. Like this was just a miracle in, in, in that of time frame anyway. And we went and seen them. We was on site with them and it was almost like, okay, let's go for it. And they go, we've got 24 days till the opening ceremony for this, like for the ceremony for this uh, memorial. 
Um, are you sure you can do it? And we was like, yeah, we'll be on here tomorrow morning. So we go back to the office and go, crap, how are we going to get this thing done? So it was like, we'll just put all of our team on it and we'll make it, make it happen. And we, and we wrote out, wrote out, written out a schedule for 97 days. So we had 23 days from the next morning to get this thing done. And it starts raining, obviously. Um, it's October and it's, we got 23 days. So it was 28th. It was going to be, um, the, the, uh, memorial and we had to get started around the 5th of October. So we, long story short, we got it done, Dan. We pulled together with a few other businesses locally and, and, and we managed to get this thing, thing, thing done. Even on the morning, the Sunday morning when the, we was invited to the uh, memorial with the players and the staff and, and what have you, and a host of kind of local um, celebrities, if you like, uh, public figures. And we, my brother and I, we was out there, we were sweeping uh, water, it's still raining, we were sweeping water out of the flower beds because um, it was filling up with water, we wanted to make it look good. We literally left the ground, went home, which was 25 minutes from the ground, got changed into our suits and we was back within 25 minutes and then sitting there, you know, watching everybody do this thing and walk around the garden and people in tears and whatever and saying how amazing it was. So that was... Um, for me, that felt like a legacy moment. I actually can feel that now as I'm, I'm saying it. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a, a, a big, uh, thing. I don't, still don't quite know how we did it, but actually I, I, um, surveyed my management team at the start of the year, as you do, and said, what have we already overcome in the past that no one ever thought we could do? We probably didn't think we could do it ourselves. And this still, um, is really prominent in those conversations where people say I don't know how we did it still but we did so that was that was a big thing it's such an amazing story Barry and uh, you, you've got so many of these I mean at the end of the day I mean your uh, business or one of your businesses I should say uh, you know the garden design company um, you uh, your business model is just impressive you know you charge most people when they think of oh yeah let's do my garden you're charging more uh, in design fees uh, uh, um, for designing the garden than a lot of competitors do for doing or, or people would think about actually spending on the garden so like the 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 um, and of course uh, much of the competition give away the design for free so in that sense you're really innovating the business model but this, the, the route I want to go down next Barry is that um, you know this is why I wanted to have you on here is you you are well known um, as a marketer and in marketing circles, and actually uh, for those that are real students of direct response marketing and copywriting, will know of the name John Carlton, uh, uh, um, mm. and uh, just an absolute master uh, copywriter, one of the uh, best, most respected copywriters in the world today, and yet he he. Um, uh, created a uh, trophy um, in your mm. honour as a result of something that you you did for one of his uh, mastermind programs. Which again, I, I think is if you're listening to this and you're thinking this about copywriting, it's not. It's it's actually just about entrepreneurial endeavour. Could you could you speak to the uh, the, uh, the the Barry Quotent trophy and what? Uh, how did that come about? Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I. It, I went to, I got into marketing a, a few years ago. Uh, um, I kind of drank the Kool-Aid, as they say. And and I really got fascinated with copywriting and, and just how you can make people move with with words. And 
I yeah, I, I wrote an ad and I was in with a coaching group. I wrote an ad and and it got good results. I think it returned three hundred seventy-seven grand for in sales from this ad that I'd written. And the coaching group where I was there, my coach um, Alan at the time had said that he basically awarded me a box. And inside the box, he said, "You can't open the box when you get." home, open the box. I want everybody else to not know what's in it. So I got home and there's a book in there by John Colton called The Entrepreneur's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together. If no one's read it, go order it. It's brilliant. And I read the book and I was like, this is this is great. I'd never heard of Gary Albert and people like that at that time. It kind of got me into it. It's a bit like when I discovered Oasis and then discovered the Beatles, right? <laughs> so I, I ended up um, uh, going down that rabbit hole and I thought, how can I just get really good at this thing? Um, why don't I just, instead of, I've seen all these copywriters, advertising courses and whatever. I thought, why don't I just go and speak to John himself? So I got John's contact details and I messaged him and got in a conversation with his partner, Stan. And they invited me to his mastermind. I wanted some one-to-one mentoring, but he invited me to his mastermind. I say invited, I paid for it, but he invited me anyway. And it was in it was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, um, in February two thousand nineteen. So just before the Leicester City um, project thing, that kind of came be- as a result of it. I-, I can talk about that in a bit. So I turned up at this small, um, intimate mastermind, and I've only ever been used to really like fifty hundred people in a room. So when I get in there and there's like twelve people, I'm a bit like, oh, it were like. Have you done BNI or whatever? It's like BNI, but with marketing giants in there instead of painters and decorators, right? And it comes round, and me, I plunk myself down right on the end, and then they start the kind of going round the table, and I'm the very last one, and people are talking about all these big numbers, and it comes round to me, and I'm like, "What do you want from the group, Baz?" And I said, "I want the group's help um, with how to increase my company sales through a monthly magazine subscription." I've got uh, members now on this magazine, customers. How do I create referrals from it? Anyway, the John goes, oh, this is going to be great. So two days went by. At the end of it, everyone had like some homework to do. And the he goes to me, Baz, if you want to be a serious authority in your space, and you can go on and help other people in, in this space as well, which I hadn't really explored at this point, um, you need to be a published author. Do you think you can get a book written in before the next meeting, which was, this was middle of February and it was the beginning of June, um, the next meeting. So I said, yeah, of course. And uh, four months later, three and a half months later, we was in Boston, uh, Massachusetts, and I'd, I'd finished my book and I had the copies printed out. But they were like sample prints from Amazon, so it had like sample or whatever on it. And he goes, all right, you're up next then, Baz. Um, your own work was to publish your book. How'd it go? So I get up and I hand these books out. And there's a guy sitting next to me, a guy called Noah. And he goes, you bitch. Like, I've, you've, uh, yeah, he was supposed to have got his done the previous meeting and he still didn't have it done. It was like, you've ruined me now. So John stands up and he stops clapping. And I'm like, but a bit weird. Then everyone starts clapping. I'm thinking, what's going on here? And he goes, uh, in seven years running this mastermind, we tell every new member to write a book and you're the only person who's ever came back with it done. So I was like, okay. 
Well, I believe I'm a bit naive, Dan. So if I ask you a question and you say you should do that, I go and do it. Right. So, so I think it might be rare, but that's the kind of thing. Um, to me, it was just like you're learning from someone. You might as well implement it. So at the end of the meeting, he goes, "All right, now you need to do a course on how to train people to um, do landscaping, run a landscaping business." So okay. They gave me some advice, 12-week course, sell it for like $500 and just go off and do it. A week later, I got my 10 people, sold my thing, 10 people are in it, and I'm starting my training. So we come back, I've completed my um, course, and he goes, again, he goes, this is amazing. So he goes, right, that's it. They created an award called the Barry Quotient, which is basically a measure of what you can get done between meetings. I realized at that point that you can kind of make up in effort what you don't have in knowledge. That was the big aha moment for me. You don't need the knowledge is really important, but you've got to put in the effort to sort of get the knowledge and then and then keep putting in the effort as well. So for me, um, I've actually met people. Dan, I, I spoke at an event in Poland last year, um, and Stan was in the audience. He was a paying guest, which was really. Um, he, he, did, he even said himself, that's amazing that you came and joined our mastermind and now I'm paying to watch you speak. So I was spoke, speaking at this event and I must have had at least 10 people at this event say, so you're the guy that John writes about in his emails about getting shit done. And I, yeah, that kind of stuck with me. Yeah, it's wonderful. I, I love this, Barry. And I think, I think um, yeah, it's so powerful just uh momentum as well right it's kind of like yeah you're right you need the knowledge and the, the right strategy and the right idea but most people uh sometimes people fail not because they don't have the right idea but they never get any momentum they never yeah. they never commit they never try anything yeah. out they, they never get the um what's it called um i think it's called surface tension you know what i mean uh -huh. like people just uh once a object's in motion it keeps moving and i, I will say yeah. From our interactions, you, you know, if we're in a mastermind meeting and you say that you're going to fire somebody or hire somebody. Normally, within 24, 48, 72 hours, I've normally got a message on my phone saying, yeah, all right, I've done that. What's next? So uh -huh. uh, uh, it's impressive. But the other thing, a lot of these things are about challenging beliefs. I, I, I want to talk about transaction size now because okay. um, I'll use that as an example for challenging beliefs about what's possible because... If I, uh, if in the intro to this uh, uh, interview, uh, I've said about the garden design company, uh, you know, if people think about landscaping garden design. Uh -huh. Most people, and I don't know, the pe people listening to this have got things going through their head now, but I would say, oh, you, you know, oh, well, when I had my garden done, I spent five grand or I spent 10 grand or I did it all myself for. Uh, £2,000 worth of slabs and, da -da -da -da, and I did the labour myself or whatever, I got a mate to help out simply the size of some of your higher end homes is unbelievable I mean I even know Barry, I remember when you were saying oh yeah we do kind of higher end homes and in my head I'm like oh what does that mean and I wrongly uh, 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 had a belief that might equal tens of thousands of pounds and yet some of your jobs are beyond monumental i mean could you give a reference for uh the size of some of the bigger jobs that you do and again this is residential homes for people this isn't we're not talking about commercial projects mm. i'm just talking about residential homes yeah. and then 
was that always, did you always have the belief that that was possible or did it kind of eke up over time or did you unlock a few doors that allowed you to see that that was even possible? All of that, Dan, like there's loads to unpack there. Um, the size of the projects, I mean, last year at one point we was average, our average order value was 209,000. Average or, order value, um, 209,000. Average 000. order value was 209,000. And uh, it, it kind of dropped a bit and it's gone back up again and whatever. But at, at the peak, it's been 209 grand average order value. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're designing projects at the moment. One of them's 1.2 million for a domestic property. Um, regularly five, 600K. Um, very rarely below 100,000 for a, a landscaping project um, now. In fact, we don't actually take on, we don't actually speak to clients, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. We don't actually um, uh, get involved and be commissioned to do design work if if there's not a minimum investment of 40,000 to 40 or 50,000 plus. Because an average project is, is going to be about, about that um, for us to build. And yeah, we don't get involved in it. But no, I mean, when when I first started, Dan, actually, um, my, me and my brother, we said, we started our business and said, we'll call it small landscaping. So we, we can just do small jobs because our theory at the time was just, we can go in and out in a week, get our cash and with the jobs finished. We didn't want all the hassle of, you know, working in work in progress and things like that. We didn't understand what that was at the, at the time, but we understood that you didn't get paid on a Friday. And that was the only work in progress that I was interested in at that point. So the first job that we actually did was 880 pounds. I remember it like vividly. It took us two days to finish it as well. Um, and then we did that job and then we post that online and then you get another job that's slightly better and you post that online and then you just keep doing your marketing until in the end, things like the Leicester City project, we, we post that online and then we do, we did, you know, James Madison's, um, the, the footballer's garden and then a few of the other players, we've done their gardens and they've done lovely test video testimonials and stuff for us. Because I'm a marketer, you see, I make sure that in the contract we tie in you know, the endorsement and the video testimonials and stuff from them um, and reduce the, the price accordingly for the value of that. So, yeah, and then it would just, uh, it can't, it's not crept up upon us because it's been 11 years, but it has been a strategic, okay, let's do this with the next project and get video testimonials and, and, and the reels and everything else that happens. But now, yeah, I mean, it's funny, we was in the, the office, I, I always say to all of our team and, and clients that I work with, like if someone's got 10,000 or someone's got 10 million, it's it's probably everything that they've got to invest in it. So we have to respect that and value it because it's all relative. So we make sure that we're always focused on valuing that money as if it's 100,000 every single time. Um, but it, you can't help now, but because the business is, needs kind of 300 grand a month, you know, to, uh, to make sure that I can live my life, the... Um, when a project comes in and you sell it for like 25 grand, it's like, ah, it's almost like disappointing. It's so small. Yet my first ever business goal was to sell a 25 grand project. And then my second business goal was 25 grand average value. 
and then on and on and on. So yeah, and and we, I think we're just kind of scratching the surface, really. I've I've spoke to someone before who said that they did a project for a sixteen million domestic project. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that, that that's so big. It almost I I can't get my head round uh, a domestic project at that price point. You know what I mean? And that and that's exactly why you you do need to. Uh, I mean, I know we're talking to business owners of all types in this interview, but um, even inside your industry, it's uh, you don't want to be average. You do need to get around the outliers and see different examples to stretch your thinking about what's even possible, right? 100%. I've, I've made some notes about that, to be fair, about being, being average, because... Most people like that comfort of being average, don't they? You know, with their business, you could, we when when we got to a twenty-five grand average order, most people and you know, I meet people now that if they could get to that, it's their dream at this point, and they get to it, and then people are like, I don't want to lose what I've got. But I think you get like this fire in your. I think once you've you've got the bug or the gift or whatever it is, or you're the chosen one. I think it just eats away at you if you don't go for the next sort of goal and you go for the next next goal. And it's not about like being um, dissatisfied with, you know, 200 grand average value order and a great business and whatever. It's just about achievement and kind of getting more people to stand up and clap and, and, and show that you can go to the next sort of level mentally myself. And I find that... Um, that's the that's the kind of driver really now. It's like how do we get an average five hundred? How do we get five hundred thousand as an average order value? What is it about those clients? How can we serve them better, etc.? So, yeah, I love it. And and so Barry, with, with your you know your business has gone from strength to strength. There's obviously been significant ups and downs in that period. What what, mm-hmm. what words of wisdom would you give to somebody listening to this now that that's perhaps. Uh, you know, maybe they're half a million or just a million in revenue, and and so the kind of level of size and scale that you've got to is um, several notches beyond where they're at currently. What what would be some kind of the key takeaways or things you'd encourage them to pay attention to? I'd just say ignore everything I say. It's too painful. Don't go for it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I, I guess my big thing at the moment and I've been saying this to myself for ages is there are no quick fixes only permanent ones no quick fixes only permanent ones I think every marketing message that you see at the moment particularly I think we're in that kind of era you know things are falling apart there's chaos going on everywhere every marketing message that you see at the moment if you're an entrepreneur if you're in a business is kind of scratching some itch you know describing your symptom in some way I think you've got to kind of stick to the basics and and go deeper and refine and, and define the thing that you're really good at the thing that you, you love doing as well there was a a story like i've seen a video that alex or mosey did um a, a little while ago about when he hired his youtube team and he sat them down and he said this is a 10-year arrangement for me so as long as we're making progress each month i'm good um and the company was shocked because they'd never had anybody that had approached it in that way before so I kind of ask myself right now, because there is a lot of chaos going on in the world and uh, the people that are calm and, 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 uh, and composed at this point are the ones that are going to have the most success. Also, people that are smiling a little bit at the moment because people do live miserable lives. Um, so I'd ask myself the one decade questions. I think there's this mindset in 
in the business fraternity, certainly that I've, so I can only use my own sort of um, world where we can have, it's almost like people want someone else to sit our exams for us and then we go and get the job. So I think there's certain things that should be delegated um, as you're coming through as a business and there's other things that you just got to feel the pain of. Now, at some point, I feel like you have to do the 10,000 hours thing if people have heard of that. So for me, it's best just to get started or get a Sherpa or a chaperone to go with you, someone like yourself, Dan, someone who's doing done the 10,000 hours multiple times, uh, saying to someone, if you hire a salesperson that's done 20 years in, uh, 10 years in, in, in their role, they've done 20,000 hours. So you've got all of that experience to bolt onto your business, yet people are so afraid of adding these salaries to their business. But knowing that there's mountains beyond these mountains, I think it's really um, something that someone like yourself or me speaking to a business owner, you can actually help them pass that. So I guess it it does happen on rare occasions, but how many people have an idea and then make a million from it? Mm. Right, There's not many people that do that. Um, and then how many of those people are going to make a million in the time frame that we expect it to happen, I'm fairly confident that that's a big none. Um, so <laughs> I like, I've always liked, I read Fail Fast at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey and I love that one. So I know that you're going to make mistakes, which is only a mistake when you reflect on it. You're going to lose money, upset people, make new friends, change your mind, get excited, get upset. You know, you might as well just get on with that. Um, and like I said before, you can't turn off and on the hunger that you've got inside of you. You just kind of have that. But just remember that every decision that you would make as a business owner, I'm fairly confident that everybody makes them as a like a carefully considered decision at the time. And then if it doesn't work, they go, I made a mistake. I don't think you make a mistake. You make a decision and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but we punish ourselves too much for those those things. So for me, it's just get on with it, accept that you're going to make mistakes along the way, but nothing's a bigger mistake than sitting there and doing nothing and being average, as you said. I would much rather take a chance at publicly, public humiliation, Dan, than sit there and be average and never fail. Mm, I love it. Well said. Well said, Barry. Well, uh, um, uh, I, I want to be respectful of our time and we're just about out there, but anybody who's listened to this, Barry, that uh, loves what you do or wants to check out some of your designs what, where's the best place to uh, track you down and check you out just on Facebook like just search me on Facebook I'm, I'm always pretty a- active there or LinkedIn or whatever but Facebook or Instagram I think I think I've gone and uh, got Barry Randall official or something like that so uh, I'm, I'm going for world domination Dan so yeah go, go there that'll be That'd be the best place. Yeah, no worries. And we'll put the link in the show notes. So all that leaves to say is Barry Randolph, thank you very much. Dan Bradbury, thank you very much.